All right, let's check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun this morning. We've been talking about the protests uh, that are happening in Ottawa right now still, but also they were happening in other cities, including Victoria. Good morning, Vaughn. And good morning, Simi. Yes, so you saw this. Uh, there was quite the protest on Saturday. Yeah, I was out for a walk and a drive on Saturday and uh, came along the main drag here in Victoria, Douglas Street, headed toward the legislature, and I suddenly found myself in the middle of a convoy. Uh, flags, hongs, uh, people honking their horns, trucks, and so forth, and but, you know, they were headed for the legislature, uh, which is the right place to be protesting in British Columbia, in my view, and a fairly large crowd. The news coverage here, I did not go to cover it, uh, but uh, the news coverage here in the Capitol, uh, radio, TV, and print so far says it was a largish demonstration, but I no reports that I've seen, Simi, of any of the excesses that you saw good. in Ottawa, which is good. Good. Um, I don't know about the size. Uh, the Times colonists reported uh, Victoria Police saying thousands, which would be large. I don't know if it'd be top ten for demonstrations at the UB at the BC Legislature, though, because there have been a lot of protests there over the years. And as I say, that's where they should be protesting. Uh, also, we had a a much smaller protest here not that long ago, where uh, the premier and uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry were hanged in effigy. No reports of that either. So, crowd also was good. addressed by the former Premier of Newfoundland, Brian Peckford. Remember him? Yeah. Retired to Vancouver Island. Um, but, you know, in general, as I said, it sounds like it was uh, large, but uh, well behaved. Okay, that's good. That's what we like to see in here, right? How to protest. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Let's talk about kind of the issue for so many of these protesters has to do with COVID restrictions, of course. And we heard from Dr. Henry on Friday, and I thought it was really interesting because that was the, what, the second anniversary of the official first case that we had. Yes, the second anniversary of the official first case of COVID-19 in British Columbia. And Dr. Henry chose to give her recap of the first five waves of the pandemic. And I say first, because first five waves, because she did say it's not done with us yet, and there may be more variants to come. Okay, now that that's kind of at odds with, like, she's been pretty optimistic, I would say, throughout yeah, this. You know, she's not known... She's in the middle of managing one of the most complicated public health crises in the country's history. So you say that. Uh, she's been front and center with the public more than any public servant in my time, certainly, covering politics. Uh, Adrian Dix said Friday's event was number 272 media briefings oh, wow. by him and Dr. Henry. So there, there's a lot of background on that. She's not known, Dr. Henry is not known, for expressing a lot of regrets. She's in the middle of the pandemic. Uh, she's not known for admitting mistakes. So it's interesting that she said two things on Friday that did offer some reflection. And the first was that she, she conceded that she had been at times overly optimistic. She said that uh, she did not expect to be here uh, when she was 
began managing the pandemic two years ago. She did not expect to be still wrestling now with the fifth wave, which has in some ways produced more hospitalizations than any of the previous ones. So she said that. And the other thing she said was, she said, yeah, she regrets that she'd, uh, she says she wished she'd done a better job communicating changes and complexities. Mm, don't we all? Yeah, you know, I think that's, I mean, first of all, I commend her for acknowledging it because I do think that at times, I know she's tried at times to communicate nuances. It is complicated. Uh, circumstances differ for each person out there, but I know that Certainly, I feel it, and I'm sure you do. Trying to communicate this to the public has at times been a big challenge, partly because communications from Dr. Henry have not always been as clear as they might have been, and there's been a certain amount of backtracking and clarification necessary. Maybe some of that is a function of just how complicated it is, but I appreciate her acknowledging that at times the communications could have been better. Okay, well, that is good to hear, although it seems to be a mistake that happens over and over and over again. Uh, let's talk about the pediatric vaccine situation, because BC still has a lot of work to do here. Yeah, this is one area where British Columbia has not done all that well. Now, in general, our vaccination record, our vaccination level is exemplary. Uh, you know, it may be that one of the reasons why the uh, what was partly an anti-vaccination protest on the weekend, although that certainly wasn't the only issue, um, didn't, uh, you know, was fairly tame here in British Columbia because most British Columbians are vaccinated. Mo many are boosted. But there's one area where, where I believe we have the second lowest vaccination rate in the country, and that is the pediatric vaccine. So 5 to 11 we're just over half on that, 55%. So there's a lot of work to be done there. A lot of Dr. Henry saying, a lot of parents, she wishes they'd come forward and get their youngsters vaccinated. The vaccine is safe. She, as you know, expressed some disappointment a while ago that NACI, the national body, had been hesitant uh, about giving advice that youngsters should be vaccinated, said only that they may be vaccinated. So I uh, that one, yeah, more, much more work to be done really there. And of course, it spills over into the child care and the school situation as well. It does. Uh, now, I know another story we've talked about uh, quite a bit over the last couple of weeks, Vaughn, has to do with these clinic closures happening, Victoria essentially losing a lot of family doctors. Yes. So been, there's been family doctors announced they're uh, leaving here in Victoria, and there's been some spillover effect with three clinics in the capital region announcing they're closing and linking the closures to a lack of doctors. So the, the two issues dovetail. About 100,000 residents in the capital region don't have a family doctor. So Adrian Dix got asked about it on Friday uh, by our colleague Richard Zussman of Global, and um, Dix acknowledged uh, it's a problem. There's more work to be done there. He says he the government thinks the solution is to move toward a different model. So primary care clinics with 
a team approach. You would go to a primary care clinic. If you needed to see a family doctor, your family doctor would be there, but the clinic would also have specialists that you could consult there. So it's a kind of a one-stop idea. It's new. The government has established some of them. They've also established another kind of clinic, urgent care clinics, which are sort of intended to be a substitute for walk-in clinics and for overuse of the emergency room. So that's where we're headed, but he does admit the transition is bumpy, and it right here on the doorstep in the provincial capital, it is especially bumpy. These three closures in the last two weeks announced um, is causing a lot of concern in the capital region. Hmm. All right, more to come on that one. Vaughn, thank you. Bye-bye, Simi. Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun.